I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of pots for flower power and forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Today... I'm joined by a former Pershaw College practitioner, a former employee of mine and a man with an insatiable appetite for gardening and he's dedicated his life to teaching in horticulture and practical training. It's Frank Hardy. My thanks to Westland Horticulture's sponsors of this podcast and, of course, to my producer, Charlie Jones. Last Saturday I had a much-needed four days of rain. Boy, that did some good. In the southeast, the soil was getting really dry. And one of the benefits of uh, gardening with a polytunnel is that when you do have a good day's heavy rain, it doesn't stop you. You can still keep going. And I have to tell you, uh, my polytunnel was uh, in a hell of a mess. I just hadn't had time. Tomatoes were growing everywhere, cucumbers and aubergines and peppers. And I've bitten the bullet and stripped it all out. They've been pretty clean this year too. I was afraid I was going to have quite a lot of white fly and red spider. But at the end of May, I had several plants came back from Chelsea which had uh, carrying those little biological control sachets, you know, where a parasite actually eats the red spider and the white fly. And they seemed to do an excellent job until we got into the end of... Uh, the summer into August, early September and a bit of white fly came back and so it'll be a good thing to get all that lot cleaned out polythene sort of washed down with a disinfectant so we have a clean start for the season I'm pretty pleased too that with that rain the autumn cropping raspberries are doing rather well I only planted six canes originally and I'm picking two punnets a week at present from varieties like polka I mean, you know, they'll crop until the frost and then I'll just tip the canes and the canes that have grown this year will again crop in June, July when I cut them right out. Now, there's news from Belgium that uh, the xylella disease has been identified on a trader's holding. That's a real worry. And I hope to have uh, Steve McCurdy on uh, our podcast next week to find out a bit more about that news this week is the sighting of uh, Asian hornets. It's smaller than our native hornet but a real threat to bees. Actually there's a picture of it on the web uh, and if anyone sees one they need to uh, report that identification as soon as possible so that the uh, nest can be identified and that particular invader eliminated. Uh, Bees have enough problems without being uh, attacked by Asian hornets. Actually, I smiled a bit at the report from the Royal Horticultural Society that has been researching uh, the natural ways to control slugs. 
and they tell us that rough surface grit, sand, eggshells and all that sort of thing don't work at all. I can't think why they need to research that. We all knew that from years ago. There's only one sure way. That's to go out with a torch at night and catch them or to use a few slug pellets. And the best bet there, once the soil does get a bit wet, is to just scatter a few slug pellets under a tile. That does two jobs. It keeps the pellets dry so they last longer and, of course, it keeps them away uh, from any animal or creature which could possibly be harmed by them. Uh, And so uh, if you are planting anything soft and tender, I mean, putting out some really young pansy or viola seedlings at this time of the year, then you'll need that tile and a few slug pellets underneath it. And what else? Well, this is the week where I've uh, always recommended that you sow sweet pea seeds. 10th of October, the perfect day. Later on, we'll be... uh, speaking to Frank Hardy, and he tells me that when he was up in Scotland, he sowed the sweet peas there on the 10th of October, and it worked just as well up in the north as it did with us down in the southeast. Uh, You can do two things. You can either sow them in pots and keep them in a cold frame ready to plant out next March, or the easy way is to cultivate a bit of soil, sow the sweet peas where you're going to grow them, and then uh, once they begin to come through, a bit of cloche cover, just to keep them a bit dry through the winter, and then they'll be fine. Autumn sown, you'll certainly have the earliest flowers, and I like to be cutting about the third week in May. The other thing, if you're uh, rooting cuttings of fuchsias, ready to uh, carry them through the winter for next summer, look for those shoots that have leaves in threes rather than pears. If they're in threes, it means that instead of getting a shoot from the base of two leaves at each joint, you get three shoots, and so the plants are much bushier. And uh, I think perhaps even more important, you get 50% more flowers at each leaf joint too. So look very closely at all of your mother plants, and if you can see a nice young shoot with the leaves in threes, those are the ones to choose for cuttings. There's been a bit of comment too about sweet potatoes, And you need to leave those as long as possible because the tuber increases in size as the days shorten. Once the foliage yellows, or after frost, and I understand in Oxfordshire that the leaves have already been frozen on a lot of sweet potatoes, then you need to lift, and you need to do that pretty quickly because uh, slugs, here we've got the underground keel slug, uh, that will into the tubers and can really uh, damage the crop. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now, there are people in our industry who have enormous influence, and my guest interview today is exactly that. Uh, Frank Hardy was the uh, former deputy principal at Pershaw College, and, and goodness knows how many hundreds of people uh, have Frank to thank for education and steering in the right direction. Uh, is that a fair introduction, Frank? I think that's a very good introduction. Perhaps a little <laughs> overflattering. <laughs> Not at all. Now, can we, as uh, we often do, start from the beginning? How did you start in horticulture? Well, I had been working in a London office as a shipping clerk didn't like it, thought I'd like the idea of an outside job. So I applied to the LCC Parks, London Parks, and they gave me a job in Victoria Park, Bethnal Green. Well, and what did you do there? <laughs> well, it was a bit of a come down. I thought this would be the outdoor job of the century. I swept leaves for six weeks <laughs> and suddenly thought, this is even worse than the tedium in my uh, office. But... I stuck with it because one of the things you learn is that there are parts of every job tedium. Fortunately, because I worked exceedingly hard, the boss thought, you might be good for the job. So I was put on the bedding gang and then I was put to working in the greenhouses, which taught me a lot. Yeah, and then, Frank, you and I worked together for a little while. Well, I know. that. that <laughs> I always thought you were a bit of a hard taskmaster, Peter, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> But I worked in the sea trial grounds. But I suppose for me, uh, and one learnt a lot about different flowers, which was to come very useful later on to me. Uh, but particularly the bit I liked was the show work, which uh, you went to shows at weekends to display many of the flowering plants, some of which were I'd never seen before in my life. And we'd build the stand and you had an excellent person, a Ken Linzer, who was the boss man, and he could put plants together like nobody else, taught me a lot, in fact, although we didn't do it, but we were allowed to stand on the stand, and we were supposed to know all the plants. Uh, I think that was a, a bit hopeful. Some of the plants were probably wrongly named by us to the people, but you enjoyed meeting people and talking about plants. Well, you mentioned the late uh, Ken Linzel, goodness what enormous support he was for me too. I miss him terribly, I'm afraid. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I learned... An enormous, you don't realise how much you pick up working with senior horticulturalists, people with knowledge. Yeah. And Ken, of course, came from brickworks. You know, he used to work making bricks. Boy, he could work. What yeah, I mean, I fellow. think yeah. we all have different backgrounds. And it's our ability to pick up things as you go along that's so important. Yeah. And then you went on to uh, Riddle College, you know, what we now call Riddle University College, but it was the Essex Institute of Agriculture, wasn't that's it? That's right. In your time. How long were you there, Frank? Uh, two and a half years. Two years there and a half a year doing some practical work in the middle. So it was a brilliant course. And I have to say, I would say... I owe my horticultural knowledge to those years. Yeah. I really do. Uh, at the time, 
you think, oh, what are we doing this for? And then years <laughs> later, you think, gosh, I can remember that. I'll do that. Yeah. It's amazing how many... You were made to do practicals, some of which were pretty hard. Pruning part of an orchard, I remember thinking, I've not got to prune another fruit tree. Later in life, I really benefited when I started to teach because pruning's not an easy task. And even things that you don't like, like weeding. Now, weeding's no joy for anybody, but I can remember weeding carrots in this bed. And everybody complained bitterly. And we all went away. And it was the outcome that matters. It's the outcome that matters for us. Because later in the year, we harvested the carrots. And I can remember like saying, now you see why we weeded those carrots. <laughs> and it was brilliant. And, and don't you have a lot of annual nettles in with carrots? Yes, it that? was all actually little uh, annual stinging nettles, <laughs> yeah. which is perhaps why we complained bitterly. Yeah. But then there's a lot of fun in a college. And I'm going to relay this to you. I'm sure people won't like it. But uh, as boys will be boys, we wanted to show our part in the college. And uh, one spring, when we knew the governors were attending to have a look around the college, we sprayed all the daffodils blue, which <laughs> didn't go down terribly well. Well then, Frank, what was the next job when you went on from Riddle? The next job was to go to Scotland, and that was a big move. And one that I thought, why am I doing this? But... One of the things I think is important to us get as many experiences as you can in horticulture. I'd done parks, I'd been to college, I'd worked on a flower nursery, but I've never been to a place like Scotland where they they have a multitude of different things. And the people are different, the climate is different, something I never realised how important. And the soil's different. I went to what Ayrshire is very mild far different from Essex, which is always hard winters. And the soils were light, whereas in Essex, they're like clay and difficult. Once you've worked on heavy clay soil, you don't really want to work on anything else. But uh, Well, yeah. they, they have an advantage. They produce brilliant crops. If you have sandy soils, you have early crops, yeah. which is something, help me, I mean, wonderful. It was the best thing I ever did going up there. And because I was a practical demonstrator, I was able to do all the things I liked doing, which was practical. I didn't do any of the theory. All I did was the practical. It was brilliant. And the students were very good. I, I learned something there which I thought was important, whether it was or not, but I kept it on my life. I decided I was going to be a disciplinarian. So everybody had to attend on dead on time. Otherwise, I chucked them out. They had to obey the rules uh, and that was my approach uh, because I was nearly the same age as some of the students and I thought that was the best way I could do it. Yeah. Ironically it worked well for me partly because I was good at the practical. If I hadn't been I think they would have perhaps re revolted a bit. They would have seen through you wouldn't they? You, well you get, I think you get a sort of, of respect when you can actually do the job. Well that's that was riddle again. Yeah. They taught you how to do things things like grafting you could teach, and the students were impressed. They'd never seen any grafting done, you know. Things yeah. like that were quite amazing. Yeah. I really honestly say that it was the second stage in my learning because 
even there I was learning about a lot of things. I was supposed to do advisory work on turf. So I was going to golf clubs all over the place. Grimes. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say my knowledge on turf was extensive to begin with. It rapidly became so, <laughs> as you know. You learn on the foot, yeah. On the foot, and yeah. I think that's one of the great things about going to different jobs. It's challenges. Challenges are very important, when and I, it taught me how to deal with students. Yeah, and, and I understand that your students actually went out to work yes, for a year. And one of the gems of the year, I had to arrange for student sandwich year work one year away which at the time uh, I was very and still am a great advocate because it it brings them down to earth from nice easy going college life uh, to some of the hardened parts of uh, actually working in the field and I sent one to the Queen's Royal Gardens at Windsor and he was a good lad, very good lad. And suddenly in May, nearly through the year, I got a phone call from the uh, head garden to say, you must come up and see this student. I don't want him here. And well, I was appalled. But, well, that would be the John Bond, wouldn't it? I yes, mean, he that was, was one John of our, Bond. One of our was great a... plantsmen. You, must, you mustn't cross him, goodness. No. <laughs> well, I was horrified because I thought, gosh, he wants to... This was Whit Monday. <laughs> and I raced up from Ayrshire to... There met Mr. Bond, who was not in a very good mood about it, uh, because he said, do you know what he did? I said, no. Well, the Queen visits to see all the student gardens once a year in the Royal Gardens, and uh, I get them lined up for her to meet her and tell them they must look smart and be prepared to talk to her. And uh, he said, do you know what happened? On the day that happened... This lad came, and he came in his gumboots and all his working gear and stood there with a smile on his face. Uh, I don't think it went down too well. I'm not sure the Queen worried about it, but he did. Fortunately, I persuaded him to stay on, and I know from what I've heard he went on and he did well, actually, he's doing very well yeah. in horticulture. He, so he, he did even, indeed. No names, no back drills here. No, <laughs> not at all. If the person's hearing, he'll know. <laughs> and Frank, then you you went from Ockingcrew to Pershaw, you know, where you were promoted up to vice principal. That's right. Yeah. Now, how many years do you do there? I did thirteen years, yeah. and saw hundreds of students, many of which. I think have done very well and one of the great worries in life is that when I meet them I cannot remember all their names which is a problem because when you have so we had up to then up to about 500 students so it becomes difficult to remember them all you remember the good and the bad <laughs> in between you tend to forget which is a bit sad but I suppose the thing with that was that I'd come from being a lecturer and a practical lecturer at that, uh, and suddenly I was expected to be an min administrator, which I didn't like terribly much, although I managed to uh, work my way into practical, some practicals and some lectures uh, when staff were away. But the thing that I was allowed to do was help develop the Chelsea Gardens with the students. And so um, that experience all those years ago when you started well, was then, then you reintroduced. Yeah. Then you suddenly realised how good Ken Lindsay was. <laughs> <laughs> and even Peter Seabrook too. 
you suddenly realise, I wish I'd picked up a few more tips. The thing is, you do it, you don't ask the right questions. You know, what comes with what? But there you are. Um, it was brilliant because the students, they wanted to succeed. And of the 13 years, three years, we won gold, one of which was a best in show, which is quite exceptional for a very... Uh, 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 a, a college-based garden, uh, and they were the big gardens, and you're up against the best in the world, and you tell the students that. If you're going to succeed, you've got to beat the best in the world, and you make them do, if they're going to do a bit of brickwork, it's got to be like a master brick. If they're going to do arrangements, the flower arranger or the plant arranger has got to be like the best, and the plants have got the best, and that was the thing that really made it, was I made them grow about 80% of the plants. No other of the people that are there that are doing gardens or make, uh, grow the plants apart from uh, the prison. What's the prison yeah, that goes there? That's right, the Bristol prison, yeah. Yeah, anyway, but they fr- did Frank, and we did. To get best in show with students travelling from Pershaw to London, hell, you should be proud of that. I was very proud. It's three weeks' work, no short time. And they loved it. And for them, it was the culmination of their course. And most of them, when they came away, they put it on their CV. If they had, though many of them became landscapers, they put on their landscape card, built a Chelsea garden. Which they had done, yeah. Yeah. Which was phenomenal. And which which of your gardens got then the best in show? Was that the, you did a coal mine, didn't you? The, uh, no, it was the one called uh, uh, the Greening of Industry, and it consisted of a, a slate works that where the slate uh, was being brought up with this sort of wheel and big metal thing. That's right. Yeah, I remember uh, that. And all the plants had overcome the thing. It was brilliant. The students were brilliant on that course. They were good growers, and they were good constructors, actually. Yeah. And, um, and was Dr. Hussain involved in that? Yes, Dr. Hussain was the sponsor. Of course, I had to get the sponsorship, which is not easy. Uh, he provided the money and was probably one of the best sponsors we ever had. He appreciated what they did, and he took them to the five-star hotel in Broadway and gave them a big slap-up meal and said, drink what you want. It's all on the bill. Really? Some of them were drinking bottles, full bottles of port, you name it. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, it, yes, you know, Dr. Sand, he was a hard taskmaster, but, you know, I'm delighted to hear uh, the way he treated you with that. Oh, um, he's a magnificent man to the students. Yeah. He really was, but he expected the goods. It would have been... I don't dare think what would have happened if we hadn't re- achieved the goods. No, no, I don't like to think either. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Frank, now uh, you're retired, presumably. Well, we never retire, do we, asshole? Because I look at you, you're in the same boat, I think. <laughs> Basically, once you're hooked on horticulture, you don't go away from it. People used to say, I suppose you're putting your feet up and watching telly. I said, no, I've... Now do lots of garden talks, and I always take plants with me. Never do I not, because I think the whole understanding of horticulture is not about just talking about it, but showing plants if you can. I do quite a lot of those. I do um, also 
did for a while, became, was invited to become the horticultural consultant to the Shrewsbury Flower Show. And oh, that must be fun. You must have enjoyed that. Oh, that was tremendous. I actually succeeded Peter... Uh, Percy Thrower. Percy Thrower, which <laughs> threw me a bit because I thought, how can I match up to him? But I think in a whole, I didn't do too badly. Um, and you meet so many people, and I think this is where I missed out in my early years. I didn't make enough of the many contacts I made because... You know that, and I'm sure you're particularly good at it. There are so many horticulturists, and most of them are quite willing to talk to you about even the innocent secrets of their growing. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the general advice I would give is you give everything you've got, and usually in horticulture, whoever you're dealing with will do the same. Yes, that's right. And if there is an exception and they take you for a ride, they only do it once. Yeah. (laughs) I could imagine that with you, Peter, yes. (laughs) Frank, it's great speaking to you. Look forward to us meeting fairly soon. Uh, And, yeah, keep gardening. And yourself. In Lincolnshire, we've got the veg trials uh, from leading international seed companies open to trade visitors. So I hope to report on that uh, next week. The uh, UK seed companies... Uh, Elsoms and Syngenta are on my list of uh, must-see just to find out what's happening in the world of salads and vegetables. Oh, and uh, on the 14th, it's the Rose Society UK Annual General Meeting at St Michael's Church Hall in Peltal in the West Midlands. And as well as the AGM, uh, there'll be a talk by Simon White who's garden centre manager at Peterbeels. They're really great Rosarians, they are. So that should be a, a very interesting and useful talk. Thanks again to Westland Horticulture, sponsors of this podcast, and thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 